This is Jonathan, and you're listening to the Spotlight on the Chronicles, Fables, and Yarns Network, where we do a quick dive into characters, plot devices, and themes of written stories. Today is part two of our Dune Retrospectives, The Golden Path of Lido Atreides II. If you are on the floor of a valley, you cannot see beyond the valley. Just so, Muad'Dib could not always choose to look across the mysterious terrain. In Dune, Paul Atreides could not divert humanity off the path of the Jihad, but he glimpsed the golden path, the path that would lead humanity to a prosperous future and guarantee their survival. This is the path Paul could not take, possibly because he knew that his son, Leto II, who one could make the argument is the true Kwisatz Haderach, was the one destined to lead humanity further than he could. During his time in seclusion in the desert, after the attempt on his life and that of his sister Ganema, Leto glimpses Kralisek, the battle at the end of the universe, and the path humanity would have to take to survive it. He calls this the Golden Path. It is through Leto II's journal entries, left behind for humanity to find centuries later, that his view of the Golden Path, humanity, and how they interact becomes clear. He wants to teach humanity a lesson they would remember in their bones. From these journal entries, we gain insights into the major points of the Golden Path. The pattern of monarchies in similar systems has a message of value for all political forms. My memories assure me that governments of any kind could profit from this message. Governments can be useful to the governed, only so long as inherent tendencies towards tyranny are restrained. Monarchies have some good features beyond their star qualities. They can reduce the size and parasitic nature of the management bureaucracy. They can make speedy decisions when necessary. They fit an ancient human demand for parental hierarchy, where every person knows their place. It is valuable to know your place, even if that place is temporary. It is galling to be held in place against your will. This is why I teach about tyranny the best way possible, by example. Even though you read these words after a passage of aeons, my tyranny will not be forgotten. My golden path assures this. Knowing my message, I expect you to be exceedingly careful about the powers you delegate to any government. While Leto speaks to the upsides of a monarchy in his journal entry, he says that a government can only be useful to the governed as long as the inherent tendencies towards tyranny are restrained. And Leto's tyrannical rule is so absolute and so long-lasting that he expects humans to never delegate enough power to any government to create a tyrant like him ever again. You cannot understand history unless you understand its flowings, its currents, and the way leaders move within such forces. A leader tries to perpetuate the conditions which demand his leadership. Thus, the leader requires the outsider. I caution you to examine my career with care. I am both leader and outsider. Do not make the mistake of assuming that I only created the church, which was the state. That was my function as leader, and I had many historical models to use as a pattern. For a clue to my role as outsider, look at the arts of my time. The arts are barbaric, 
favorite poetry, the epic. The popular dramatic ideal, heroism. Dances, wildly abandoned. From Maneo's viewpoint, he is correct in describing this as dangerous. It stimulates the imagination. It makes people feel the lack of that which I have taken from them. What did I take from them? The right to participate in history. From this journal entry, we find that Leto has doubled down on his strategy. He has stimulated the imagination while holding the human race in a vice grip for nearly three and a half millennia. He's stymied the spice production by killing off the worms on Arrakis, turning the planet into a lush paradise and seizing all melange held by old houses. This made it so humans could not travel the universe without his say-so. He kept the universe at absolute peace, but they had zero freedom of movement. They in fact rarely did anything but live and worship him. This was in an attempt to enlighten humanity enough so that they would no longer slide into stagnation, and they would have evolved enough to overcome their jingoistic tendencies to survive and thrive from the chaos of the wild. What am I eliminating? The bourgeoisie infatuation with peaceful conservation of the past. This is a binding force, a thing which holds humankind into one vulnerable unit in spite of evolutionary separations across parsecs of space. If I can find the scattered bits, others can find them. When you are together, you can share a common catastrophe. You can be exterminated together. Thus, I demonstrate the terrible danger of a gliding, passionless mediocrity, of movement without ambitions or aims. I show you that entire civilizations can do this thing. I give you aeons of life, which slips gently towards death without fuss or stirring, without even asking why. I show you the false happiness and the shadow catastrophe called Leto, the God Emperor. Now will you learn the real happiness? During Leto's life, surprises were one of the few joys that he had, and they always delighted him, because he was trapped in a cycle of prescience. So the last part of Leto's golden path was the creation of the Nogene and his subsequent death. When Siona Atreides was proven to be genetically invisible to prescience, Leto knew his time was near. He had to arrange for his death to not be suicide, because those devout to him would then die with him. So he arranged for his death at the hands of Siona and the Gola of Duncan Idaho. Upon his death, he released the sand trout that were part of his transformed body back into Arrakis to start the worms by cycle anew. But each sand trout that would eventually form a sandworm would have a pearl of his consciousness inside them, giving them his prescience. The combination of the spice deprivation and the no gene meant that humanity would never be trapped by prescience ever again. Upon Leto's death came the famine times. There was a collapse of political power, and the spice ran dry, just as Leto planned. Scattering happened as an immediate response to the collapse. Refugees fled the chaos of the former Imperium, and humanity exploded outwards, past the known boundaries of the universe. 
It is in Later the Second that we see Herbert's commentary on religion, politics, and humanity. How the original Imperium itself was bad for humanity. How leaders and religions control, take power, and hold the populace hostage. How stagnation is akin to death. And how we must first overcome our worst tendencies to survive as a species. This has been the Spotlight on the Chronicles Fables and Yarns Network. Thank you for tuning in. This is Jonathan, signing out.